From the Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. We're back at you with another episode. Me, my main man, Brian Baltashevitz. How you feeling, Brian? Well played. I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm, I'm good, man. And then we got Sammy Joe, uh, our new co-host, is out in Santa Clara. She's on assignment at the Super Bowl. She's on assignment at the Super Bowl. We got her and Snoop Dogg out there <laughs> interviewing players and stuff like that. Very important stuff. And we're going to yeah. talk to her yeah. later in the show. Yeah, she's uh, she's gonna check in at the crack of dawn. Yes, uh, out in uh, San Francisco way. So she's at the Super Bowl. She'll be checking in. Absolutely, and we got Piff the Magic Dragon awesome. coming on today. That's right. Very so, good. So for those not familiar with Piff, you in for a treat, um, and that'll definitely be different, I'm sure, than any of the interviews we've had. <laughs> I, I would think we've only had one other magician slash comic, right? Uh, Justin Wilman. Justin in, Wilman, uh, right? A few months ago, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll have Piff, and hopefully he'll bring. His little pooch, Mr. Piffles. Hopefully, Mr. Piffles. Yeah, I kind of want to meet the the brains the, behind the whole thing. <laughs> the, the, the brain. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I like meeting the dogs. Meliza Schlesinger was here uh, several months ago now, and I I enjoyed meeting her, but I enjoyed meeting the dog as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, she brought her dog. She yeah. One of the things is like you know she'll bring her dog, and then she'll make the staff here take care of her dog while she's on stage and stuff like that. So it sounds. Awful, like you go, wow, what a diva, but it's actually pretty cool. The staff ends up falling in love with the dog, and they're, yeah, it's cool. Uh, maybe I need to start bringing a dog with me. There you go. I got All I got is two cats. Yeah, you can't really bring a cat, because then you got to bring the litter box, and you got to bring Oh, it's just a whole thing. <laughs> doesn't, then the green room smells like <laughs> ammonia. My cats are so <laughs> just... You come home, and the cat is like laid up on your side of the bed watching TV, just like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, like he runs the place. But, I mean, they have their own Instagram page, my cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do they? The Jacob's Kitties. All right. I got to find them. My wife. That's Your wife runs that, right? My you're, wife, not, oh, you're not Instagramming yes, your my cat. Wife okay. is, my wife is on that. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, they're fun. I like. I didn't think I liked cats. I really hadn't had a cat since I was young. But I enjoy them. I, their names are Reggie and Toby. Yeah, Reggie and Toby. My brother. They're my brother's cats, and he named them that. And uh, they came down with us. But... Uh, we added a little to their names because they're very, uh, they're very like Downton Abbey with some of the things they do. They're very like, hum ha, hum ha. I took a, I took a dump. Yeah. Some, come, come scoop it and take it out, please. You know, like that. So we call them uh, Tobias Turdington. <laughs> nice. And Reginald Litterbottom. So I that's like that actually. Yeah. yeah, those are their names. Tobias Turdington and Reginald Litterbottom. <laughs> and they and they poop a lot. And they eat a lot. And we have fun and, and they're, but they're cool cats. I you know, they had the first couple of weeks where they were scared to come out. Yeah. Sitting under the bed and then they came out and you know, now now they're like members of the family. Like I say bye to everybody and sometimes they'll jump up in the bed while we're sleeping and stuff, uh-huh. which is not good. Because with cats, and I don't know if other people's cats are like this, but with ours Whenever you move your foot, mm-hmm. they think it's a game or it's a mouse oh, under yeah, the cover. Yeah, yeah. So every time you move in your sleep, it's like, yeah. and then they jump in. 
you know, jumping on that shape that just moved in the dark. Now, do they have claws? Yeah. Front claws. Yeah, yeah we're not we're not declawing them. We yeah, heard that was yeah. inhu not inhumane. It's it, it, it's really it's harder on the animals, I think, than a lot of people think it is. My wife was a vet tech and uh, she compared it basically like, you know, if you look at your hand, uh, uh declawing a cat is basically like taking your finger off at the first knuckle. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's see you can't do that. That no, yeah. No, yeah, you're yeah. already slicing their balls up, right? Well, I mean, what for the for the span and what is the span involved? Well, removing Neutering. the testicles. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. If I'm a cat, I'm like, just leave me yeah, at the place. Just... <laughs> <laughs> leave me. Leave, look, I honestly, I would be. I'm gonna keep it real. I'd rather just live outside and rummage through dumpsters and have somebody cut my nuts off. I mean, I, I, I'm serious. I, I just keep me outside. Let me figure it out. But let me keep my balls. I, that's that's crazy. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull the "let me feel my balls" portion of that sentence. Up. Why? <laughs> why can't? I mean, what is the big deal? Why? Why do they need to get that cut off? Really? Well, because what, what, for two. Well, actually, three reasons. First of all, obviously, because you know you don't necessarily want your cat reproducing. You know, if you have a male and a female cat and they both have all their parts, then you're going to end up with a boatload of kittens. And there's already a lot of unwanted kittens in the world. So there's that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, when you do cut their testicles off, they're less likely to run around, which means they're less likely to try to get out of your house if you just want them inside the house. Because because when they go out of the house, they're looking for one thing. They're looking for the poon. They're trying to get some <laughs> pussy. <laughs> right. right, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then the third thing, there's health reasons. They're more susceptible to cancers and things like that if they still have their 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 man and lady parts. You know what? The third one, yeah, I I can say I can get on board with the first two. Just sound like matters of convenience for oh, the owners. There's absolutely no question about that. Yeah, yeah, it's about the the, the all of pet ownership is about the owners. It's so people want people want convenience, <laughs> so they cut your balls off. Yeah, I, I, it sounds barbaric. And the cats, there's no way, there's no way they like this. That's why you don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> you tell them we're going on a tour of the kibble factory, and then oh you take God. them. Oh my God! This isn't the kibble factory. Hold and on then, a second. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. What's the guy with the knife? What's he doing? Hold on. A, <laughs> hold on a minute. What the hell? You said we were going. There's no kibble here. Hold on. A, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I just like saying kibble. Ain't no kibble here. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Ain't this about. <laughs> Tony told me about this. <laughs> he said, don't go <laughs> when they tell you. Don't go. Don't go to the kibble factory. <laughs> don't go to the kibble factory. <laughs> the milk factory, go. But if they say kibble factory, you fight and stay home. <laughs> oh, well. Well, yeah, our, our, our cats have. Uh, I've had that done, and, and they, they're great cats, man. They're, they're great cats. So, yeah. Now, do you have any pets yourself? We have a dog and two cats. Oh, how yeah. do they get along? Uh, actually, great. Really well. well. Yeah, no the, problems at all? No problems at all. Nope. The, uh, the two cats occasionally don't get along, but the dog and the two cats are great. What are the cats' names? Uh, we have a ca- uh, our uh, male cat is named Tuki. <laughs> I did not name no, <laughs> uh, Tuki. I didn't. Name I would have thought you would have named it Tuki. <laughs> the um, uh, our other cat is named uh, Juno because we found her. She was very young and uh, pregnant when we found her, so we named her Juno after the movie. That that yeah, it just made sense. 
could have named her Bristol. <laughs> Shouts out to Sarah Palin. She knows I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> so Juno and Tuki. Tuki the and the dog's name? The dog's name is Ode. Ode. Ode, uh, I'm going to have to shorten the story a little bit. Uh, my wife was doing a safety inspection at a truck stop outside of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, she felt something looking at her, turned around. There was a little puppy behind her, skin and bone puppy, um, at this truck shop. She asked around. No one had ever seen the dog before. And uh, so my wife walked up to our car, opened up the door. The dog jumped right in the back. She's been with us ever since. It's been about eight years. Oh, wow. Uh, she's a great dog. I didn't think she would survive the night. She was skin and bones. This is in the middle of of the Arizona desert, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's not like in a neighborhood and she wandered off somewhere. She was a desert dog. Mm. And uh, we took her home. She slept for 27 hours. We fed her. Um, and we were trying to think of, you know, are we going to keep her? Um, we did keep her, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to think of what to name her and so we were looking you know online for different things and stuff like that and i found the word ode ode with a with a uh, um, accent on the e mm-hmm. this is the short version of the story oh, <laughs> goodness and uh, uh ode is an egyptian word and it means from the road okay it just kind of made sense oh so that's yeah. cool so yeah. your wife called you and was like look was the decision already made, or was this a consultation? It was. It, um, it was a consultation. We didn't think, honestly. I, I really did not think that she would survive the night. She, she was in really, really rough shape, and uh, um, now she's about, she's about forty five pounds. She's a great dog. She looks like a dingo. If you look up a dingo and uh, you know, uh, Google a dingo, which mm-hmm. is a sentence I just said. Yeah. Um, she looks exactly like a dingo. She's a great, great dog. It's, it's worked out really well. She did have some issues initially. She, she mental. Ate uh, she ate our sofa. What? In about the first two months, yeah, she basically tore our sofa apart. Y'all spilled a bunch of food in it, or nope? She just just apparently bored. Okay, <laughs> and just started going after the sofa. Um, she is a little territorial. Um, you know, if you give her like a, if you give her a treat, like you know, we'll make her sit first, um, and then you'll hand her the treat. The, the the treat mm-hmm. Jesus Christ um you hand her the treat and she'll kind of like before she takes it she'll look around oh. she'll look like to the right and to the left and then she'll just very carefully very quietly take the treat from your hand so she's she's really careful you know around her food she keeps a close eye on, on her food which just makes sense she was wandering around in the desert we think for about eight months before she and before we found her so. and now she's all right now she sleeps in the bed with us. Her her life is very different now than it very was different. before because she sleeps in the bed with us. And yeah, she's well, great. Well, that's good. So on next week's episode of Pet Talk, <laughs> uh, we well, you asked the question. No, no, that's good. That's that's yeah. That's 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 why we're here. Yeah, uh, to talk about <laughs> that's whatever. Exactly why we're here. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's why we do this. If we're not going to talk about the dogs and cats, then what are we all here for? Uh, well, we got a show to get to. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. First, I think we got our interview with Piff, right? With uh, Piff the Magic Dragon here all, all the way from wherever it is he's from. All the way from, from Parts Unknown. Yeah. Piff the Magic Dragon. Coming up next, we'll be back. Hey guys, here's what's coming up the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina over the next several weeks. Uh, this weekend... 
at the Comedy Zone, February 5th and 6th. These shows will sell out. You're going to want to get your tickets if you're listening to us on the 5th or the 6th, early in the day. Get your tickets now at, at uh, cltcomedyzone.com uh, because these tickets are going to sell out. Piff the Magic Dragon is in town February 5th and 6th. Coming up uh, next weekend, February 11th through the 14th of 2016, Carlos Mencia, Craig Schumacher, one night only, February 21st, Josh Wolf, March 17th through the 20th, Aries Spears, March 24th through the 26th. Other shows coming up, and Brian Posehn uh, is uh, coming up in March. That's a big deal. Kevin Smith in April, Arsenio Hall, April 8th and 9th, Charlie Murphy, April 28th through May 1st. Other shows, of course, Fight Nights, Open Mics, uh, Funny on the Fly coming up also at uh, the Comedy Zone. You're going to want to make sure that you're there for that, for a, a calendar of all the shows coming to the Comedy Zone and to buy tickets. Go right to the Comedy Zone website at cltcomedyzone.com. To keep up, follow the club on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Zone CLT and find the Comedy Zone Charlotte on Facebook. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. We got a special guest in the in the building today, and I can tell you now he is unlike any other guest we've had. We got Piff the Magic Dragon, everybody. We got Piff the Magic Dragon. So our listeners, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with him uh, and what he does. And we got Mr. Piffles. He brought Mr. Piffles with him. I so, did bring Mr. Piffles. I brought the money with me. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he brought the star of the show. Yeah. So we we the talent. Oh, look, he's shy. He's a little shy. He, he yeah. He didn't get his own microphone. Yeah, he, he, yeah, we sure we sure changed Mr. Piffles. Actually, maybe we should have just had Mr. Piffles. Right. I, I didn't need a mic. To be I, can, I can get a mic in like two seconds if you want a mic. <laughs> we should uh, get Mr. No, he's meditating. He's right going to be meditating now. So have you enjoyed Charlotte so far? I know you're here for the weekend. Yeah, we're here for the weekend. We've had a great time. We did a show last night. It was a lot of fun. And then we got another four shows, two tonight, two tomorrow. Um, yeah. Wow. So that is Woke this up this morning, did some press, and that is all I've seen of Charlotte. This <laughs> is just people with microphones. It's been right. the whole thing. Yeah, it's been a lot of people with microphones in Charlotte. Well, I, I tell you what, I know last night uh, we had almost a packed house, and it looks like that's going to be that way for the rest of the weekend, man. You got a heck yeah. of a following. Yeah, we've been selling like crazy in America. We just did, we just in Chicago, we sold out six shows at the Improv there, and um, we sold out, you know, pretty much everywhere we go, and add extra shows, and it's crazy at the moment, which just shows you like the reach of. America's got talent. That's what I was going to say. It seems like a lot of people got familiar with you. I think you. that's the mo you know, 90% of people come from America's got talent really. Um but it's just that thing of like uh just being on on every week in someone's living room and eventually they um eventually they have to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, for good or for bad. <laughs> and I know that for some people that go on shows that have been on shows like that and made it kind of far but not one. It almost seems like sometimes it's, I don't want to say it's better to not win. Well, as a comedian, it's better to not win. Yeah. There's nothing funny about winning as a comedian. <laughs> right. It's like, tell me about your triumph. It's much better to be like, tell me about how bitter and <laughs> twisted you are after losing on America's Got Talent. I'm like, well, that's comedy. Right. So, yeah, for, I, I I went on it and I was like, I want to get to the final and lose. And then we did the semifinals and everyone was like, oh, you're going to win. So we were like, all right, let's put a dog in a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I took care of that. So, with the with the show, I because I saw some of your performances on there. 
on television with a crowd like that, is there any additional nervousness or it just runs? Uh, I mean, like nowadays, it's, you know, it used to be like, you know, for, for like when you perform, then you're always performing live. So when TV's live, that's that's I don't mind that. You know, that doesn't really bother me so much because I'm like, well, I do this all the time. But it's when it's live and forever. Then that's the and that now the with the internet then that's much more of the vibe. So, and uh, in the early rounds they have the edit, so you know you're always a bit protected by the edit mm-hmm. if if something happens. Whereas when it goes to live, it's a twelve camera shoot, and the live edit is a nightmare. <laughs> it really is a nightmare. And um, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely the most difficult thing I've ever done. But um. It was it was nerve wracking, but it was more just it was difficult. It was just hard, mm-hmm. you know, to try and like get all that material down into three minute spots and um and worry about all the where all the cameras were and all the blocking and right yeah. Well, I thought I thought when I saw the show, I'm like, you got the hosts or the judges involved pretty well, which I think is a little different than the average competitor on there. Yeah, well, there was this thing of like, uh, you know, I just think I, again like, from a comedy point of view. Like it's very difficult to be a comedian and be judged. I mean, like if you, whenever I see Last Comic Standing, I'm like, God, this is horrific. Yeah. Like you know, those f- three judges just sitting there and <laughs> deci- telling you whether you're funny or not. It's like the audience just did that. <laughs> like there's no judging in comedy. You you know, it's instant. The audience either laughs or they don't, and that's how you decide. Right. You don't get told what you know what and why your jokes are funny by a judge. So um, when I yeah, you know, years ago I thought of doing Britain's Got Talent, and I was always like, if I do it, then I would do something like eating while they're judging, anything to pull focus from what they're saying. Right. You know. Um. And then, and then, so that's what I did. I was just like, well, whatever I can do to distract away from whatever they're saying, because mm-hmm. who cares? <laughs> you know, good or bad, like it's kind of like irrelevant, really. Right. And you got the credit. You got the TV credit. You got that's the TV credit, and um. And yeah, it was it was like it was really good to do, and they were great to work with. They're really fun to work with. I mean, like Howard Stern, like it was, what you oh, know, yeah. I was grateful for what he said. But you know, sometimes like they need, you know, they need they need that controversy sometimes, and they want the up and down of the story. So mm-hmm. you can't really take the judges seriously. Right. Much better just to order a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you go into shows, because I'm a comic myself, and my only job really is to be funny right but you have two jobs you've got to like jobs. amaze and and do these precise you know tricks and amaze people that way but also be funny yeah so, and the thing is the thing with magic is as well because you you like physically have to do things you know it's called the process and a trick so if i get a card chosen and i get it signed and i get it put back in a deck and then i shuffle the cards and then that card appears somewhere that is the boring part of magic so, like, from a comedy point of view, it's like how you make that, how you make the process funny. Mm-hmm. That's the really difficult bit, bit about it. Because the methods, you know, the methods are, like, tricky and to do, but they, you know, you eventually work them out. But, like, trying to make the process funny is the tough part. Now, is that, so then when you come into a show, which part are you more, not concerned about, but which part takes more of your attention? I'm the always, or the I, for me, because I love comedy, so I'm, and the reason I, like, got into and performing really was comedy, so I'm always much more focused on the comedy. But um, I have to make sure I have people around me who, you know, um, like keep an eye on the magic to make sure the magic's good. Because like, it's like comedy magicians are sort of like the plague of, um, 
of both magic and comedy. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they're not funny enough to be comedians and they're not good enough magicians to be magicians. So they split the difference. So like for me, I want the comedy to be able to stand on its own as like being good enough to just, you know, to speak for itself. But also the magic has to be, people have to not have a clue about how I do any of the magic. And there are stuff, they were like jokey tricks that I used to do, mm-hmm. which were like, which were funny, but it's like, they because they were jokey tricks, mm-hmm. then I cut them all out because I was like, no, every trick has to be completely impossible and people can't, you know, they shouldn't be able to work at any trick. Right. Now, now do you have to constantly evolve what you do to keep from getting bored yourself? Um, Not really, because um, the difference with comedy and magic is, is that I use... You know, you get like so you, you get comedians who go out and do crowd work. Mm-hmm. So magic's like crowd work, really, because they every time you bring someone up on stage, um, then you know who knows what they're going to say or do, and you know, so that that keeps it fresh every night. There are a couple of things I do which are um, like scripted every night, but I mean, there were there are only a you know I do like a three minute stand up bit which is scripted, but even that that involves some crowd work, and then I also do a couple of like um, fixed routines, but. Like, I only do one or two of those, so the, the, generally the show feels pretty fresh. I mean, I, I go on with about 60 minutes of material, mm-hmm. and I do about 75 minutes. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, I usually have like 50, 10 to 15 minutes of improv each night. Okay. So. And and then, so when you go up there, because one thing I've noticed about your show is, like, people love you. Right. But you don't seem to be concerned with that. Like, no. a lot of comics, or, you know, like a lot of performers, like, they... They want to be liked, and you can tell they want to be liked. Right. You, it's like, you could take or leave the adoration. Yeah. You, but people love that about you. It's a crazy dynamic. Yeah, but I think that's, you know, it's a funny concept that, you know, people just, the crazier people get, the more indifferent I become. (laughs) And also, I just think, I also think there's something funny about being fixated on, um, on things that have nothing to do with what you're supposed to be doing. You know, so if I, like, get hungry or you know and I'm, I'm actually much more interested in how to you know like i just do, i did these morning shows and they're always cooking in the kitchen i'm like why are we talking we could be Eat just stuff. stop and go to the kitchen and get some snacks um or you know trying to earn like 12 dollars or whatever you know whatever it is uh, i think that i think anything that um that uh is a tangent from what I'm supposed to be doing is kind of that can be funny as well. Yeah, I saw you on the Today Show, and you just came out with a banana. He's just eating his banana. He's <laughs> just like, yeah. you know, and they don't know what to do. That's the best bit about the daytime show. They really don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like they're like playing around. They just have no idea, and you can see the panic in their and the fear in their eyes. And I love it. Yeah, I really love it. See, it is almost like I think because you know your your British accent. I think. There's something about that accent where being sort of deadpan and not being concerned with what people think, like it's a smoother transition into that. Like Gordon Ramsay, like he's one of the meanest people I've ever seen on television, but people love him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comparing you to him, right? but I'm just saying that sometimes an accent l- lets you get away with more. I think it does. And also like, um, you know, the whole thing about America's Got Talent was I just looked at it as like they're giving me millions of dollars worth of advertising. So I knew like what my purpose was to be there and it was a very different purpose from like taking part in a competition. Mm. So as soon as you're on like those, you know, you then you can the whole thing's just a massive game. Right. Cuz um you know, I don't care. 
<laughs> it's like they're saying, you know, they're saying to me, "Oh, so how are you feeling? You're nervous? You worried about that act?" I'm like, "Oh, that act's amazing!" Like, you know, I'm I think I'm going home this week, <laughs> you know. And they just don't extend. They just think, "What?" And um, <laughs> it's funny, right? But it's different, and that's a good thing. Yeah, well, like we comedy do. surprise, isn't it? Anytime you're doing something which is a surprise, then it's like, um, yeah, that's why it's funny. So, do you ever concern yourself with? what's next or how long is this you know this yeah i no, i do i think you have to in this job because i think well i did this show called pen and teller in the uk mm-hmm. and um that went viral when it came out and uh, it was a huge amount of work for me but what happened is is that when it came out people came to see the show and um i wasn't really ready for it you know, I wasn't ready ready for that exposure. And it taught me that, like, you know, if you get that shot, then you've only got a little window to make it and uh, to solidify it into something bigger. So with America's Got Talent, fortunately, you know, I'd had another, like, four years of live and I've been doing, like, a different... I do Edinburgh every year, so you have to do mm. a whole new hour for that every year. Mm. So, you know, I had a lot of material in the bank and I had a lot of, like, works and stuff. So once that show happened, then we could get straight out on tour, do solid shows. And for me, it's just, like, can we get you know, how many people can we perform to between now and the time America's Got Talent starts airing again mm-hmm. and um, just try and, like, you know, maximize that fan base and, and turn it into something longer running. So I think you have to you have to sort of keep an eye on that. Now, when you when you meet people just generally that are familiar with you, uh, do you ever get tired of, oh, do a trick for me, tell a joke to me? I don't, It doesn't happen anymore no. <laughs> because that was one of the advantages of wearing a stupid costume. Because I like, I mean, the irony is I'm sitting here in my stupid costume because <laughs> I've just come from doing a load of interviews. Right. But normally I'm not wearing, you know, not wearing a costume, so nobody recognizes you. Nobody recognizes me, even when they, even when they um, recognize me, they maybe they unconsciously feel like I'm not working, but they certainly don't go, oh, can you do a magic trick now? Whereas when I was like, you know, just doing magic in a more normal clothes all the time, people were like, oh, can you do a magic trick? Right, and I I hate it. Like, I like love being on stage, and I love being off stage, and having that. I, d- I don't like I don't like the mix. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a you know not a natural show off. So now, how how long ago did uh, you involve Mr. Piffles? Um, so at 2009, I did my first Edinburgh mm-hmm. show, and I was like, you know what, this act needs a gimmick. <laughs> so <laughs> and comics get so angry because there's just so many gimmicks. But I always think the thing is, I think the thing with gimmicks is if you're funny, yeah, then you should, you know, then gimmicks are no problem. The problem with gimmicks is when you're not funny and they're a crutch. But if you're funny, right, put as many gimmicks as in as you can because then you're just funnier, right? So um, that's what Carrot Top went through. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen his show in Vegas? I haven't seen it. yet. Oh my god, you've got to see the show in Vegas. He is. He so in the UK there's this thing like you want to try and get a laugh every seven seconds mm-hmm. when you're doing comedy sort of like about you know ten laughs a minute. He's getting laughs like three every three or four seconds. It's horrific <laughs> to go there as a comedian is m- depressing because he's so. And the worst thing is the worst thing is every, I've I've seen that show like eight times in Vegas, and there was a period when I would go like once a month. Every time I would go back, he'd have ten minutes of new stuff every time. Wow, and it was her, it was just depressing. And he's the loveliest guy, and he just works so hard. And you just say, "All right, well, yeah." So, um, yeah, like uh, I got Mr. Pills for the act, and um, it was just funny. And then I just kept coming up with new bits. 
I mean, like, you know, and I was just thinking, like, I, like, oh, I want to shoot a dog out of a cannon. <laughs> I, want, I want him to escape from a straitjacket. You know, they're just, it's just funny ideas to me. So it was, yeah, that's the reason I got him. Wow. Well, that's that's a good deal. I wish we had more time to, to well, talk with you, but yeah, I think... I have a question real quick. You mentioned Edinburgh. It, for people here who maybe don't know what Edinburgh, Edinburgh is, and I've always wanted to ask about what it's like to perform there, because yeah. it, it sounds like like in principle you know it sounds like a great thing but it also sounds just like a grueling sort of death march of oh performances well i've always been lucky and we've always done um good show you know we've had successful shows in edinburgh but there is some statistic like the average audience is two people <laughs> yeah. because the thing is there were like three and a half thousand shows yeah oh. so it went and i've had friends go up there and perform to like 20 people over the month you know together Ooh. so it can be it can be tough but um you know, it's sort of where I cut my teeth, and um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit like just for laughs. I think probably in Montreal, you know. Sort of yeah, it's like a month long. Uh, I mean, it's not just comedy, right? I mean, it's it's also no, theater, it's theater and, yeah. and music, and yeah, but um, it's like really like a big comedy trade show now. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, that was what I used to, you know, and you you always lose money. Um, although once you get successful, like the last three or four years, we haven't three the last three years we haven't lost money on it, but um. At the beginning, it would be like my marketing budget for the year. Mm. I would just set, you know, I didn't do any other advertising, but I'd set aside that money and go and play Edinburgh and lose thousands of pounds. But, you know, I well, would And when you play, you mean you get like a place, right? Yeah, you, like get a a little, you, get, you get a room, you get a, like a time slot. So you do like an hour show with half an hour either side. Every night though, right? Every night for 26 nights. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Wow. Yeah, it's I've heard I've heard uh That's easy. <laughs> right now we do like uh we do between about 10 shows a week at the moment. And yeah, uh, so I mean it's yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, walking about Copperfield does 15 shows a week every week. Wow. Yeah, he does yeah. like something like 700 shows a year. <laughs> These are like hour and three quarter shows. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, there are some day he's doing three shows a day sometimes. Wow. In the in the peak season he does 21 shows a week. I mean, you know, yes. that's, I, that's the dream. Just what you do. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. just what it is. I, it, it's the new normal for you, I guess. Once. Yeah. Well, I like. I think the other thing is like when you get into that flow of it, then you, then you know, it becomes like. Again, it goes back to. I think if you were just doing that as a comedian, it would dry up. Yeah. You know, and it would get stale. But with magic, because you have people, you know, you're interacting with people all the time. Mm -hmm. It just it gets you into a great zone where anything that happens, you you can just riff off and. You know, you're not having to think or anything like that. So I love working that much. And see, that's what I think. I, I'm seeing it through the lens of a comedian. And so right. to me, it's like... But if you were a comedian doing myself. improv shows, I think, like, um, you know, you would get that that buzz of doing a lot of shows. It's always different. Yeah, it's just... I know what you mean, like, when you are... Because I do, like, um, three or four minutes of stand-up. Just, like, pure Magic Dragon-based observational stand-up material. <laughs> <laughs> and that can feel a bit like going through the motions, you know, if right. I do that too much. I mean, I drop it in and out. I don't do that every show. Well, you've got one of the best opening lines. I mean, right. I, I mean that's that's one, of my, that's one of my favorite, like, opening lines. But, well, I won't I won't say it here, but yeah, you it, 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 come see him. Come see him this weekend, Absolutely. and you can hear, hopefully, what I'm talking about. Um and uh, come see Piff, the Magic Dragon, and Mr. Piffles. They will be here in Charlotte all weekend. And then where are you off to after that? Uh, we literally finish the show on Saturday night, drive to Atlanta Airport, get on a plane to Hong Kong. Oh, wow. And then we're in Hong Kong for a week, and then we're back to Vegas. Because we do 
three shows. We do Monday through Wednesday in Vegas every week. And then we get on a plane. And this week we're in Charlotte. And then we go to... Um, we're doing Gotham in March. Um, we're doing a, th- a week of theatre shows all over New Jersey. We're doing like Foxwoods and Borgata and those places. And then um, there's a lot of comedy clubs. We're, doing, we're booked until uh, September. Mm-hmm. Solid. And then we've got a bit of space to sort of like think about what to do next. Good stuff, man. Well, much continued success. Thanks for stopping through. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And we'll be back. Hey, guys, you can follow Piff the Magic Dragon at the Piff on Twitter, T-H-E-P-I-F-F. Keep up with all his uh, dates and uh, details on his Twitter account. Keep up with us at the Comedy Zone Podcast by following us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Find the new Facebook page. Search for the Comedy Zone Podcast on Facebook. Exclusive picks and links from each week's shows on that page. As for the crew, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs. Uh, Sammy Joe Francis is at Sammy on Air. I'm at NC Balto 72. Remember to check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes, make sure you subscribe to the show, rate us, leave a review. It's the best way to help the show continue to grow. And uh, tell two or three friends about us as well. We know you're listening. We know you're you're on the Twitter and the Facebook and whatnot all day. Uh, let some folks know that uh, you're listening to us. It's the best way to help us continue to grow. Hey now, hey now, welcome back to the Comedy Zone Podcast. We have another special guest on the line, our our feature uh, co-host and correspondent. She wears many hats around here. Uh, she's in Santa Clara for the Super Bowl. Sammy Joe Francis, SJ, we love her. Which, which you, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's early here, but, you know, it's going well. Yeah? I'm awake. The, how was your flight? Everything no smooth sailing? Um, well, let's, let's go back to that. Yes, I got here safe. I'm, you know, fully, <laughs> fully on the ground in, in California. I'm actually staying in Walnut Creek, which is, um, right outside of San Fran. But it's nice because then I don't have to deal with, uh, parking because I'm staying with a friend and parking is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got the weekend off, so they're going to give us tours and, um, take us to strip clubs and things like that. Oh, okay. So how are your chances of seeing the game looking? I know this was up in the air. I mean, I'm just waiting for Daniel to take one for the team, and then we could get tickets. I mean, I don't know why he's refusing. Fingers in the booty. (laughs) Right. Because I'm not going to do anything. I have a reputation to maintain. Absolutely. Is Daniel down for the cause? Have you talked this over with him? I mean, he said... He said he'd do it. I don't know what it is, but that's that's what I'm going with. <laughs> he just he said he just got to pull out. That's the only the only uh. stipulation. That's the whoa 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 whoa! <laughs> I didn't say all that. Oh, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just make noises. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so so let's go back to the um, flight situation because when you're trapped on a plane and it's flu season. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Ooh. only am I paranoid because everybody's coughing, sniffing, farting, whatever, Ugh. and I'm breathing all of that in. Mm-hmm. But I specifically sat in front of one guy who was every other 
like 30 seconds, he was... Oh. I was like, oh, my God. Oh. And I looked at Dana, and I was like, can you turn around and tell him the world's now? <laughs> and he did that the whole that flight? Oh, my God, the whole flight. And then my, I don't know if you have the new iPhone. Wait, you're not team iPhone, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Six plus. So the new iPhone, I don't have my music on it. So you just connect to a Wi-Fi and it'll go to the cloud. You can get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm on a plane. So then I have to sit there and listen to all the sniffles because there was no accessing my music. It was terrible. Oh. <laughs> but I guess things should be worse. We landed. I didn't die. How, how long was the flight? Silver lining. Huh? How long was the flight? Um, well, that flight was to Houston, mm-hmm. and then I had a whopping 20-minute layover to run to the other side mm. to catch the San Fran. Oh, so y'all look like the McAllisters. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Running through the airport. I used to say OJ, but then, you know, yeah, all that, you can't say OJ that stuff went here. down. So now, like like on Home Alone, when the family's running through the airport and they forgot Kevin. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was it was good, you know, with my sparkly bag that is two times the weight of me. Hold and on. my purple book bag. Hold on, how did Daniel hold up running with his knee? Did he did he limp along or what did he do? I don't know, I left him. Oh! <laughs> You're on your own, brother. <laughs> so as far as you know, he's somewhere between Houston and, and Santa Clara right I'm now. I'm sure he's hitchhiking. He'll find a ride eventually. <laughs> but I'm not giving him the address of what I'm saying. So. so have you seen a bunch of Panthers fans out there? You know, I thought in last night, so I didn't really see a whole lot, but I did, um, when the way you get to where I'm staying, you kind of go on the outskirts of the city. Mm-hmm. So I saw all of everything lit up, and it's kind of interesting because there's a couple of buildings that only are lit up on Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. and of course it's Super Bowl, so they've lit it up, and they've got all sorts of spotlights everywhere. It looks really pretty. We will be venturing out in it today, later today, and then I guess One Republic has a free concert, and I'm planning and streaking at that, so oh, it's going to be a good go. time. Oh, that, that's Just look for me on, on Vine for that one, or Snapchat. Yeah. Now, we're hearing there's not a lot of Panthers fans out there. Is, that, is that what you're hearing? That there's a lot, but they're outnumbered right now by the by the Broncos fans, so you're going to have to represent. Oh, well, that was going to happen. Yeah. You think? Oh, I mean, it's an older franchise. Panthers been around, well, what, since 96? Yeah, but, 20 years. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's easier to get here from Denver than it is Charlotte. That's probably true. Oh, there's that, too. That flight's going to be significantly cheaper. And then on top of that, I haven't killed any Broncos fans yet. But when I do, it'll be back to equal. We're all about <laughs> equality over here. So, so now that you've been there for a couple, actually just a few hours, hours yeah. How would you, have your feelings about the game changed? Or are you still, Panthers got this, no problem? I know we bring it in. No, home. I. Uh, no, I. I think I feel the same. I think the Panthers. It's going to come down to the offense because defense is pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. And Peyton Manning needs a new hip. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sammy Joe, let's make our picks right yes. now. Yes. Okay. And we're going to predict the score. Yeah. And make our picks. Oh no! I hate this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Sammy Joe uh, has the Panthers. And what do you think the score yes. is going to be? I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be 37-17. Mm. 37 so the Panthers like by 20. That. Yes. Interesting. 
I'm going to go. Is that doubt I hear in your voice? It, what? Is it that? No, it, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a blowout. I don't know, 20 points. I mean, it's not. Within, I think it's, it's eh, Denver appropriate. It's close. It's blowout adjacent, I think. You know, I think, <laughs> I think it's maybe it should be like 20 to 420 since they are from Denver. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm sure Snoop Dogg <laughs> isn't a bigger Denver fan because he seems like he's for the Panthers. Oh, he's all in. Well, he's a Cam fan. Yeah, but he did show up at the Broncos press conference too yesterday. So dressed, it's not, as a as dressed in Carolina colors. Uh, that I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he's a no. Snoop is a Steelers fan, I think. I'm not sure. He's not yeah. either one, but I think he's pulling for the Panthers. Yeah. He's a fan of marijuana. <laughs> well, that's but that's doesn't he run bad. a little league in LA too? He runs like a what, yeah, like a and his son his son plays football, so yeah. he's a big yeah football USC right? football fan yeah. in general. Um, that was Diddy's son at USC, Brian. Oh, that's right, the one who attacked a coach. Diddy is the one that oh, that's right, Diddy attacked the coach on behalf of his son. <laughs> on that's behalf right, of I his son about that. for disrespecting <laughs> Diddy <laughs> with a kettlebell. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right. So, all right. And I would have done the same thing. I can't blame them. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think the defenses are going to uh, take control of this game early. Uh, I am going with the Panthers, though. I'm what going. What does that mean? Take control of it, like get interception, or take control of it, like shut down any potential touchdown? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be more of a defensive struggle. Not necessarily picks and things like that. I think Manning will probably probably throw a pick or two. But uh, um, I think it's going to be more of a defensive game than a lot of people do. I'm going 24-21 Panthers. Mm. Wow. Wow. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that close. Okay. Well, obviously, you think it's going to be a blowout. Right, <laughs> and I'm right about everything. <laughs> well, of course well, you are. Give me, give me the Panthers. That, that part's easy. Will's taking the Panthers. Uh, the, give me the Panthers. I, Wait, I, who are you a fan of? I'm an Eagles fan. That's right. Your opinion doesn't count. Moving on. <laughs> well, Brian's a Detroit fan. Why'd you tell? He's worse than us. Yeah, I have zero because credibility. Because I feel bad for him. He's a Detroit fan. <laughs> well, why don't you feel bad for me? Mm. All right. We'll we'll get your answer. What do you, you What do you think? You've been to the Super Bowl. That's why. Well, well, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Panthers, and I'm gonna go uh, because I do I do think. That the Panthers defense, I just don't see how the Broncos do much of anything because I feel like the things that the offensively, well, offensively, and I think their defense will have a tough time with Carolina. I think the things that the the Broncos do well on defense won't be an issue. Like for example, Denver's pass rushers, Demarcus Ware and Von Miller, like won that game last week. They beat the hell out of Brady. Right. But I don't think that's much of an issue. For Carolina, because their offense isn't they predicated. Have right, they have a good. Lo- well, no, I don't think their two their two guys can stop those two. But I don't think that the, that Cam Newton's going to be standing back there. A lot of their stuff is run heavy, read option stuff that slows down pass rushes. And I think that Car- Carolina's running game is the best in the NFL. And I think that's going to be the difference. I don't think Denver's as scary up the middle as they are on those edges. So give. Can you just say that one more time? I don't think I don't think Denver's as scary up the middle as they are on the edges. Just the second part of that sentence, no. As they are on the edges. <laughs> no, up the middle. As well. Up the middle. God, well, pay attention. I know. I know. Well, look, hey, I'm, it's early for me too. So, <laughs> so I give me the Panthers. Uh, give me them uh, twenty-seven. To seventeen. 
Okay. So are you going with the same score as me? Is that, is that what I said? Uh, you, uh, you had 3717. <laughs> yeah. Will said 2717. I, I went 2717. I'm not good at math. It's not my strong suit. <laughs> or numbers. <laughs> Or numbers, or any of that. So now I want to I want to do uh, a percentage thing with Sammy. Sammy, what percentage chance uh, are we at with you getting into the game? Fifty percent, fifty fifty. What do you think? Is this assuming that Daniel hitchhikes here by the game and is a team player? Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I really don't because here's my problem. I am not going to pay for tickets. Ooh. I'm refusing. Ooh. You know, it's so not that the, probably drops my chance. Yeah, bit. that lowers your odds in it, at least by <laughs> 5 10%. It's not, it's not yeah. the club. It's not the right. club, Sammy. It's not the club. <laughs> You're not going to be able to put on that red dress. And it's not the club. You, they ain't just going to be like, all right, let her through. I mean, she look good. You don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> it ain't a dress in the world. <laughs> well... Uh-oh. You haven't seen my dresses. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. All right. Um, but let's see. I don't know. I, I have some feelers out there, and if there were tickets that weren't, you know, a third of what I make with the Panthers, then I would probably consider it. <laughs> right. Well, plus, I mean, but until a, lot, then, a, a lot of the experience is being there. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that came out there just to soak up the environment and be in Santa Clara, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people who just came out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that statement by itself. <laughs> what you might be able to do is like right at kickoff, let's find someone yes, outside the tickets. stadium who's got tickets and now who just wants to unload them because the game's already started and they're not going to get a million dollars for a ticket. So you might be I able might to get a ticket. I might be able to do that, and I'm not opposed yeah. to that because yeah. I, I don't necessarily need to be there for Lady Gaga's rendition of the national yeah. anthem. I'm sure it'll be amazing, <laughs> but I don't need to be there for it. Or Coldplay. Ugh. Or, like, for real, though, I really don't need to be there for Coldplay. I've already seen them. They're great, but it's not my style. Right. Um, but, you know, if Snoop Dogg is performing and Beyonce's with him, maybe I'll consider showing up. Is that true? Beyonce's going to be doing something at halftime. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's, yeah. I know. She's, like, guest appearing with Coldplay, which, why do they always choose the most polar opposite people to be together? Well, because they're trying to appeal to everybody. Yeah, that's dumb. Well, exactly. <laughs> of course it is. She said, that's dumb. Of course it is. <laughs> I hate that. And it's like, yeah, we've got macaroni and cheese, and we're going to put some uh, potato, <laughs> sriracha potato right in the middle. Raw, raw. What? No, leave the macaroni and cheese by itself. It's great. Yeah, I, I got no use for. It. I like Coldplay, but I just I think that was a bad decision. I feel like that's chill music. I would that I would rather work. see Up with People come back. Who Up with People? You remember them in like the seventies? Yeah, they did like six consecutive Super Bowl. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. But yeah, Up with People was like Up Up with People. They were like this feel good. Are you serious? Like. Yeah. It, but can it you was sing it again? <laughs> no. Up, up with people. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me I see would nobody watch six straight Super I'm not a huge Katy Perry fan, but at least it was upbeat and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And you had a shark that was completely lost. Well, when Missy came out, I, I leaped out of my house. Like, I jumped out the window. I could not believe. Yeah. Could not believe. That, I think, was a good combination. Yeah. So at least it's the same generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Coldplay's a little bit uh, an older, chill crowd. Right. Yeah. 
You know what? I bet Sammy ends up seeing a lot of celebrities there, even just hanging around. I mean, once I put this dress on, they're going to be flocking uh-oh, to me. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Daniel better get, look, hey, the, the, put Daniel on here. Let me tell him what he need to do. All right, wait, right. Here's, here's. Well, I need to mention that the dress is, I can see it, but nobody else can. So it's going to be very, like, Emperor's New Clothes style. Oh. But my shoes, you can see. This is up with people. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Oh, yeah. No, it's horrible. They did, like, six consecective Super Bowl halftime shows. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, apparently, there's just celebs everywhere. So hopefully, I'll get in with them. We'll be best friends, and then they'll take me to the game. I have a lot of, a lot of theories, guys. So what do you think? Okay. So do you have the chances that you're going to get into the game versus the chances that you'll be out sick for next week's podcast? <laughs> I will not be out sick for next week's podcast. I'm going to be there. Um Will I be missing a limb, a finger, or something of that nature? Maybe. It depends on which Denver can I have to sit next to. Well, However, true. I'll definitely be there. I'll be able to talk. I'll be able to speak English. Uh, and the chances of getting in the game, I'm going to say like 20%. Okay. okay. That's all right. right. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. It was 32, but then I said I'm not paying for tickets, and now it's 20. Yeah. it's fair. Well, just be safe out there. Don't slap the hell out of anybody. Um, well, why am I even out here then? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it, it should be it'll be a good time either way. We know that. So, and, oh, absolutely. And, you guys make sure you hold down Charlotte cheering for the Panthers. We will. Right? We will hold it down. Tell Daniel we said what up. Well, you know we all hung out the other night, Brian. Me. Oh, that's sure right. Yeah, did. yeah, yeah. You guys went to the uh, uh, Coco Diaz show last week. Yeah, he we was... we went to see P Hoops. Yeah, we and, saw and P Hoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we saw P Hoops and Coco Diaz, and then we hung out at Small Bar after me, nice. Sammy, and Daniel, and it was a good. And my friend who was inebriated and loud, like he awesome. always, like he is, and loud. hilarious. And, oh, that's All the part that. though, hilarious. <laughs> but because I don't drink, I didn't realize how loud he is and how loud <laughs> we used <laughs> to be. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, we've been doing this to the city of Charlotte for four years. So, And now you understand why you're banned from 50% of the bars in right. Charlotte. That's exactly right. But as long as you're not banned from Santa Clara, we're in good shape. Thanks for calling <laughs> in, Sammy. She's the best. I mean, I'm so glad she's here. Yep. She'll be back in studio I'll see next week. you guys week, next week with exciting. a Panther Super Bowl win. Yes. Yep. And get, get home safe, okay? All right. Sounds good. All right. And uh, that was a great episode, everybody. Uh, we up out of here. That's all we got. So quit being greedy. We'll see y'all next week. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.